Hello, and thank you for listening to today's broadcast from Stony Point Baptist Church with Pastor Jim England. Today's message continues the series, Jesus' Ministry in the Gospel of Luke. And now, here's Brother Jim. Okay, I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles. We're looking at the Gospel of Luke this morning. Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. And one of the things that we're going to uh, hopefully be able to see is Thanksgiving come up upon us. That uh, how thankful we need to be for the Savior who came to this earth for us. And so hopefully uh, this will, will help us become even more thankful than we are. So beginning at verse 39 of chapter 22. It says, coming out, this is from where they had the Lord's Supper. He said, coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives. As he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and he prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, Take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then the angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer, he had come to his disciples. He found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Let's have prayer together. Lord, I just ask that you would bless us as we continue to study your word. Lord, allow it to be able to have an impact upon our hearts and lives. I thank you, Lord, for all that you do. And I pray that you would just bless each person that's here. And may this Thanksgiving be a special day as we thank you for all that you've done for us. And we thank you again, and we ask your blessings on each one in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, thank you cards are kind of a rarity in some, some respects, but when you get one, and you can just tell that a person that, that is really grateful, it, it, it really does make a difference, especially when it's so rare. And you know, it's, I think it's important for us to be able to share thanks and that thanksgiving with others and it just kind of made me stop and think about how often do I express thanks and appreciation for the blessings that I have and I'm certainly blessed to be your pastor and I'm thankful to the Lord that he's allowed me to do what I enjoy but I started thinking about a song that Rodney Griffith wrote several years ago Listen, listen to these words. Let me just I put myself there. And she said, ungrateful am I of so many things like the Father's tender mercies every day. And though I owe my life to the cross where Jesus died, I often fail to stop and give him thanks. And then the next verse says, he was beat beyond recognition. A crown of thorns was pressed into his brow. His back was torn apart to pay for all the crimes that I'd done. So you think that I could take the time to humbly bow. And then to ask the question, how could I look upon the cross and not say thank you? Now some people may think 
Yeah, but Jesus was God's son. And it was no big deal for him to go to the cross. Well, the passage that we're looking at gives us a glimpse of his humanity. For some people, they don't like it too much. Some people think it may take away from Christ. But it's the reality that Jesus became human to be able to go and to pay a price for us. So how hard was it? Well, look again at verse 44. It says, and being in agony. What does that mean? Listen to what Mark said. Mark 14, verse 33 and 34, it says this. He began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. It was like a dread, a fear that had come upon him. It was so bad that the Bible says here in Luke, and this is only in Luke's gospel, it says his sweat became like great drops of blood. Now, some people believe that it was such stress and dread was placed upon him that the sweat just beat up and it became like great drops that just fell down. But some people believe hematrosis, where your blood vessels rupture. The blood then mixes with the sweat. And it's medically possible. Rare. When it happens, is because somebody had a burden or a stress that was placed upon them was so great. And when you stop and think what Jesus was carrying, I believe that's what took place. And so his blood began to mix with his sweat. Was it really easy? He's God. No, he was in agony. Now, what in the world would Jesus fear? Why would Jesus dread what was taking place? Let me list for you at least three things right here. <laughs> One, Jesus was being made sin. Let me give you a couple of verses. You're familiar with these, but let me just read these to you again. 2 Corinthians 5.21 for he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21. 1 Peter 2.24 says this, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. All of our sins was placed upon Christ. What sins? Every sin that I ever committed was placed. It's easy for me to say, well, my sins didn't have much to do with it. Every sin I ever committed, every sin, past, present, and even future, was placed upon him. Not just me. That's you. Each person that's sitting beside you. Every bad thought, every person that's done anything, rape, molest, hurting a young child, murder, abortions, gossip, 
destroying somebody's reputation, whatever it may be, pornography. By the way, they say that a third of, of everything that's looked up on the internet has pornography, is a third of it. All of that, the wickedness, the evil, was placed upon Christ. Now, I want you to think about something. Jesus is God, holy. If you're holy, you don't want to be around wickedness, filth. But that wickedness and filth is placed upon Christ. He's holy. And as Jesus was getting close to that, oh, he dreaded it. And Jesus began to pray, Father, there's another way. Not only was it being made sin, but Jesus was separated from God. Separated. In Matthew's gospel, 27 chapter, we learned on the cross, Jesus cried out. And actually he was quoting Psalm 22.1. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now Jesus always referred to God as Father. But not here. Not Father. Because the first time in eternity, there's separation. Separation. You know what death is? Death is separation. Jesus experienced real death. And he experienced it beginning on the cross while he was alive. Separated from God. You know, God, there's light. With God, there's peace. With God, there's goodness. There's comfort. There's faith, hope, and love. But when you're separated from God, that's gone. You want to know what it's like to spend eternity without God? You look at the cross. That's what it is. To be separated from ever having any love, from ever having any peace or hope. Jesus was taking on that separation. See, it wasn't that Jesus was going this blindly. He knew exactly what was going to happen. And as he got closer, what a burden to carry sin, filth of the world, and then to be separated from God. Yeah, and then he prayed, Father, take this cup from me. What cup? Well, in the Old Testament, you could have a cup of blessing that God grants, but then there's a cup of wrath. And Jesus, by becoming sin, was taking on the cup of wrath. Now, yeah, there would be a lot of things that would happen on the cross that would be awful. There'd be a lot of excruciating pain. There'd be demonic activity like you would not believe and evil all around him. They'd be mocking. People would be spitting and saying different things. And the wrath of God would be poured out upon him. And so Jesus, do you think that he was looking forward to that? No. Dread. So why did God not answer his prayer? Because Jesus prayed, he said, Father, take this cup from me. But God said, basically, no. Now, if anybody's ever prayed and been successful at prayer, it would be Jesus. As far as having your prayers answered, yes, yes, yes. But here the answer is no. So why did God answer no? Why not take this cup from him? Well, Here's three things, okay? 
one, there's no other way. Why did God say no? Because there's no other way for people to be saved. If there was another way, God would have said, yes, I'll take this cup from you. Because that's what Jesus asked, if there's any other way. Anything that could be done. But see, what we're being told is, there is no other way. So when people try to tell you, well, other religions, there's got to be another way to heaven. If there was another way to heaven, then Jesus would not have to have gone to the cross. God would have said, no, I'll have mercy. I won't make Jesus do that. There is no other way to heaven. No other way to God. No other way to forgiveness than Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. It's only through Christ and Him alone. It also means this. There's no other person that could have paid the price. Jesus is the only one. It was both God and man, and no one, no one else I know there's a lot of people that we call saints. There's a lot of people that we think are good. Quote, good. No one is good. And no one could have paid the price. There's no creation. No one. Nothing. No angels, principalities. There's nothing that could pay the price that Jesus did. And so when God said no, that's what he's telling us. There is no other way. There is no other person. But listen, there is no greater love. This is the greatest love ever. When you're looking at and you're reading here in this passage of Scripture, what you're seeing is love. Is there any, Lord, if there's any other way? There is no other way. Did Jesus have to do this? No. But then you and I, we would have to pay for our sins. He could just do away with all humanity. There's no greater love. So now when you read John 3.16, for God so loved, what does that mean? It's the greatest love ever that Jesus would give his life. When he spoke in John 10, said there's no greater love than anyone can have than lay down his life for his friends. Jesus is that love. You, can, you might say, I love, but if you're not willing to sacrifice, you don't love. Jesus sacrificed. It wasn't just words of saying, I love you. It was a sacrifice, and he proved it, and it's the greatest love that has ever been given. It was while we were still sinners. There was no hope for us. It was while we were in our filth that he died for us. It is absolutely the greatest love ever. Now, when we look at this passage, we also get some lessons when it comes to prayer. And we could always be able to use a few things, a few pointers about prayer. Well, this passage starts, Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he, remember from last week, it's a carryover. He just said, hey, pray that you not enter into temptation. Pray. Prayer is so important because it helps us to overcome temptation. You're, 
facing some difficulty, some adversity. You feel like that you're the only one at work. You're in a tough spot, but you want to do what's right. Prayer is, is going to be the key. Pray. Jesus begged the disciples, pray that you do not enter into temptation. They didn't, and they weren't ready. And they basically didn't get the victory at that time. Prayer helps us to overcome temptation. Prayer, here's another thing. Prayer sometimes is answered no. And it's not just Jesus, but it's, sometimes it's us. In Matthew's gospel, it tells us that Jesus went and prayed. Then he went and checked on his disciples. And so he came back and prayed and he did that three times. So on three times, Jesus is asking. Three times he answers no. Paul tells us that he had a thorn in the flesh and he asked God to remove it. And three times, the answer was no. And sometimes when you pray, you'll get an answer to no. And you know what we ought to do on Thanksgiving? We ought to say, Lord, thank you for all the times you told me no. Because when God says no, it's what's best. It's what's best. It was best for Jesus to go to the cross. Best because it is the only way for you and me to be forgiven. Thanksgiving, we're going to be, many will get together with their families. Oh, what a good time of being able to be together with families. But a reunion in heaven for eternity would never take place without Christ. It was what's best. And the Lord will tell you no, because it's what's best. Prayer is a time also of submission. Jesus said, I don't want my will, Lord, I want your will. You know what? Lord, I'd like to get a, I'd like to get a promotion, or I'd like to get a raise. I want more money. Lord, I'd like my name in lights. I want to become really popular. But not my will, but your will. And see, Lord, if it means that I am going to uh, become prideful, if it means that it's going to harm my family, if it means that I'm going to fall into temptation and sin, don't let it happen. Lord, I'd like to be a basketball star. But if it means I'm going to fall into temptation that I can't handle, don't let it happen. Lord, I'd like to win the beauty contest. But if I can't handle what comes with it, don't let it happen. See, Jesus, that's what he prayed. He said, Lord, not my will, your will. You be, your will be done. You know what's best. As Christians, that's how we should pray. Lord, here's what I want. But let your will be done. Let your name be glorified. I want you to be honored. It's more important than me being honored. You be honored. A difference be made. Prayer, when it comes down to it, is trusting God. That Romans 8.28 comes true. That God works everything for the good of those who love Him. Lord, I just trust you that Romans 8.28 is true. 
that you can bring good out of every single situation. And you might say, well, I know some situations I don't see how any good can come out of. Well, you know what? Some people would have said that about the cross. But a lot of good come from the cross. And God can bring good from any and every situation. Any and every situation. Now, there is something that kind of surprises people about this passage of Scripture. And some people have a problem because it tells us here that there was an angel that came and strengthened Jesus. And so some people are like, wait a minute, that, what's that doing in here? That, that verse was a misprint. We know about at least three things about angels. One is angels, they're about worshiping God. Worshiping God. Anytime that you see someone saying, hey, we need to worship angels, that's not real angels. Angels say, no, not me, God. They're about glorifying Jesus Christ, about glorifying God. That's angels. We also see a second thing about angels. Angels are messengers for God. We saw that in the Christmas story. Gabriel appears to Zechariah, giving him a message about John the Baptist. He appears to Mary. Angels provide messages about God, for God. And then angels also, they do ministry. Here's what Hebrews 1.14 says. Are they not, speaking of angels, all ministering spirits? sent forth to ministers for those who will inherit salvation. Angels come to be able to minister to those that are Christians. They minister to us. And so here, Jesus, as an answer to his prayer, God didn't say yes, but he sent angels to be able to strengthen, to be able to give him grace, to be able to help him. You know, in Matthew's gospel, in the fourth chapter, when Jesus went through a season of temptation, the Bible tells us they were angels that came and ministered to him. I want you to know something. Angels couldn't do what Jesus did. But they came and ministered, and when Jesus, they're at Gethsemane, and by the way, Gethsemane means oil press. Most certainly, it's, it's interesting that that's where Jesus was at. He was being pressed upon. But Jesus, after that time of prayer, that season of prayer, Jesus got up. And Jesus faced the trials, the mockery. He faced the cross, the separation. All our sin was placed upon. He faced all of it. No questions asked. Let me tell you something. The victory was actually won there at Gethsemane. It was at Gethsemane that it was all settled. It was at Gethsemane that Jesus was able to get up and to face the darkest hour. The greatest event in history, the greatest event, the crucifixion and the resurrection, it's the gospel. But the key was his time at Gethsemane. Some people say, you know what? It's no big deal what Jesus did. He's God. He was human. And God. And it was a big deal. And Gethsemane 
this passage here proved it was a big deal. But Jesus said, yes. Father, I'll do your will. And you know what God's will is? It's his will that none should perish, but all come to repentance. It's his will that your sin would be placed upon Christ and would be paid for. It's his will that you would be forgiven. It's his will that you would spend eternity with him forever in heaven. It's his will that you would be reunited with your family that's gone on before. That is the will of God. But he gives you a choice. Jesus chose to do the will of the Father. What's your choice? What do you choose to do? Do you choose to give your life to Christ? There may be somebody here that you've never done that. You say, you know, I don't know that I've got reason to give thanks. I don't know Christ. Well, you can know Him. You can make that choice today. You can make the greatest decision you'll ever make and be in the will of God. As a Christian, Thanksgiving should not go by without me thanking God for the greatest Love that's ever been given me. How can I look upon the cross where my sin was paid for and not say thank you? Every day should be thanksgiving, but it shouldn't go by without me thanking the Lord for His great love. Let's have prayer together. Lord, thank you so much for each person that's come out this morning. Lord, I know that many are excited. What a great time we're entering into. And we're so blessed, and we are thankful. But Lord, it is very much appropriate for us to stop and to think about the greatest blessing ever given. Jesus coming to this earth, living a perfect life, being holy, and yet taking up our sin, dying in our place, shedding His blood, so that each one of us could be forgiven. Lord, may each person here, may each one know that peace, that joy. May each person be able to know and walk and live in your will. I just pray that your will could be done today. May you smile upon us here today. May you provide the courage that people need. Lord, help them to have their faith. And Lord, help us to step out and to honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Pastor Jim England. If you missed a sermon or would like to re-listen to a message, you can find Brother Jim on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google, and Apple under Stony Point Podcast with Jim England. God bless you.